Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Over the past week, I spent time at Virginia Theological Seminary attending lectures by speakers who engaged the participants with new ideas or some type of renewed interest in specific aspects of ministry and the church. This year was a good year, as our main presenter proposed new ways for the church to begin to look at structures, structures that are leading us to uh, stratify people in economic ways, a major stratification between rich and poor, structures that force us to be inclined to incarcerate more people, even those who might benefit better in some type of alternatively designed rehabilitation program. These talks resulted in calling the audience, calling the whole church to pick apart things, to pick apart and analyze the realities of our society using different lenses than we'd normally use. And the presenter asked the audience a very bold question. Have you ever noticed how the people at the DMV office look a whole lot different than the people you wait in line when you're waiting to pay at Whole Foods? Do you feel like you're in an alternative universe when you're at the DMV or at Whole Foods? Think about it. There's some kind of truth to this. There's a part of our society, there's a part of our city life, there's a part about being God's family that we normally don't either see or we don't want to see. A friend of mine who was an American who lived in Toronto, Canada for a while had this analysis. Sometimes it seems that Americans hate each other while Canadians hate themselves. I don't know, but could this be why Americans constantly complain about things like air travel or having to go downtown to serve on jury duty? Or complain maybe about times when we have to drive to an unfamiliar town or an unfamiliar neighborhood? Obviously, there's lots of reasons there, but where I'm going with this is do we all live as, that, as in a way that we are in some way contestants on Project Runway where one day you're in and the next day you're out? If so, is that really the people we're trying to become as people of faith who follow Jesus? Hmm. The parables that Jesus tells us over the past week over the past two weeks, they're kind of rough. Remember last week that it was about those greedy tenants who kill the landowner's son. Well, today this one follows. The king throws a banquet for his son, 
And the first group who are invited are actually the chosen ones. And they either decline or they make excuses and they go away. Or even worse, they kill the slaves that invite them. So the king fights back. He burns their cities and towns, but the king still wants the banquet. So he calls new servants to go out and invite all who are found, the good people and the bad people, all who are found. And he fills, they fill the wedding hall up with people. As the parable continues, one guest seems to be unlike the others. He's not dressed for the occasion. And the parable has the king throw the man out into what Matthew always calls in his realm of isolation, the outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, where many are called, but few are chosen. Ouch. A lot of preachers I know today would gladly have deferred to another colleague to preach this. (laughs) But okay. Let's get to work and look at this. Jesus is once again, remember, talking to those religious officials in the temple. They seek in some way to discredit him. They want him to go away like one of these guests in this story. They seek to destroy him. They want to end him. But he's trying to show them that as much as they try to control how God is working and moving and breathing and living in the world, that God's ways are going to end up inviting everyone, not just one religious group or another, not just the pretty people or the rich and famous, but everyone. God's family in the kingdom of God invites all of us to the table at the end of the day. The playing field is leveled, and we are all beloved, and each one of us matters. But what about that guy that was kicked out at the end? Well, more about that in a minute. Jesus knows that his time is short, and he's proving a point to the temple officials that there will be be no restricting the actions of God. And in turn, there will be no uninvited guests to this banquet of life, to this celebration of living in God's kingdom that Jesus is extending to all people, to Jews and non-Jews, people part of the inside circle and people on the outside as well. But this gospel is not just about inclusion. It's about being invited to be like those good slaves who go out to proclaim, who go out to invite people to the banquet, to invite participation from everyone into this much fuller banquet life of celebration and joy so that we might ultimately find ourselves so that we might ultimately find ourselves in relationship, in a relationship with a loving God, to find ourselves also in relationship with our neighbors, the ones we see at the DMV and the ones we see at Whole Foods, and to find ourselves 
in a new relationship, even with ourselves. Maybe one that forgives ourselves a little bit more than we normally do. Claiming a gift that life with God makes us better people, makes us more loving people, and helps us live more, um, more abundant lives than we can even ask for or imagine. And so this parable wakes us up. We might even ask the same questions that we've heard before. We might ask these questions to ourselves again. Who is my neighbor? How has God loved me? How am I showing that to myself, to others? How has the life I've experienced in this community at Trinity Cathedral, how has this life helped me with this? How much have I been truly blessed? And how might I give a portion of this blessing back to God. We're called to a much fuller celebration of life, to a much fuller life of celebration of joy as a community in the family of God. Today's reading is asking us to look and examine those barriers that we set up. Who are we excluding? What part of ourselves do we need to prepare to set our minds on the things of God so that when we see God going in one direction, we're not sleepwalking in life. We get up and we actively follow. Okay, so let's talk about the guy who gets kicked out. Why does the king have such a strong reaction? Why? Truthfully, I think a number of things, but ultimately I don't know. No Bible commentary agrees on this, so I'm not going to tell you definitively because I don't know. Parables have a truth intrinsically in them that people spend their entire lives trying to figure out. So I don't know exactly, but I do know this. In this same gospel, a little bit earlier, in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus invites everyone to come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Have you ever been weary? I'll bet you have. How about burdens? Life sometimes too tough to bear. Yeah, we've been there too before. Well, guess what? Jesus invites you to take a step into that banquet hall, into the household of God. There's a banquet going on, and you're exactly who he's looking for. Don't feel like you fit in? Well, there's a really solid chance that you do. In fact, I'm going to say absolutely, yes, you do. Christianity, not Jesus, Christianity has at times been far too judgmental and not loving enough. The invitation that our parable gives us today 
is an invitation to explore how life with God might actually delight us, how living among God's family might actually help us to identify things that are mentioned in our second reading today, identifying whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, pleasing, commendable, focusing on the excellent things in our lives. And if there's anything that's good at all, think about these things. Because if we do, we'll have the God of peace surrounding us with loving care on every side. But here's our challenge. When you're grumpy, in a situation that's putting you out of your element, in line at the DMV or at the supermarket, or stuck in traffic on the freeway, ask, what is true? What is honorable? What is just, pure, pleasing, commendable, excellent? What even little tiny thing is worthy of your praise? Focusing our hearts and minds there is the answer to how we explore this life of God's banquet. Focusing our prayers there might lead us into a new truth about our neighbor, about God, and maybe even about ourselves. Because God's actions clearly show us that God still wants the banquet, and God wants us at the banquet. Who will you invite to the banquet? Where will you search for God's banquet this week?